the non-microwave truth. Brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry, starring C.L. Whiteside. <laughs> I'm just playing with y'all. How'd that sound? Let's get into our first world problem right away today. March Madness is here. How are your brackets looking? First world problem question is this. Would Jesus, if he was here today, would Jesus fill out a bracket? Would Jesus fill out a bracket? My my guess is no. I don't think he would. And I say this because Jesus really didn't, I don't remember him ever talking about athletes or games like that. When I look at, you know, the poets and the wise people of today, they love to name drop athletes. They always name drop an athlete. You think about your favorite rapper, he's name dropping an athlete. But I don't think Jesus would do that if he was here today. And I know some of you are thinking they probably didn't have athletes back then. They definitely did. I just don't think he ever dropped them. And we'll get into that more in dinner time. And I'm thinking they had to because it talks about running a race and prizes and all that type of stuff. But I'm going to give you my final four. My final four for this year. You know, it's crazy. I could get this to you and they could already be out by the time you hear this. Final four coming out of the West. I'm going with Gonzaga. Big Chet. That's a beast. He's long, athletic. The boy is good. From the South, I'm going with Arizona. From the Midwest, I'm going with Johnny Davis. I'm thinking Johnny Davis is going to have a run like Dwayne Wade did back in the early 2000s. Johnny Davis is like a mixture to me of D. Wade and Devin Booker. And some of you are like, who in the world is Johnny Davis? He plays for the Wisconsin Badgers. Yep, I'm making a homer pick and picking the Badgers. Coming out of the East, I have Purdue, the Purdue Boilermakers. Two Big Ten teams, I know. But those are my final four teams. Gonzaga, Arizona. Wisconsin and Purdue. But let's get back to that first world problem question. Would Jesus fill out a bracket? What do you think? Again, I think no. I think he wouldn't do it because like he literally could get every single one right. And then people would be trying to use him like, hey, Jesus, fill out my bracket. Let me look at your bracket so I can make this money. And they would just be using him like a, a genie or, you know, like you hit the lotto. It's like somebody who has the winning lottery ticket numbers. And I think they would try to use Jesus for that. But I could just see Jesus being real smooth, like, you know, I just enjoy watching the games. I really don't have enough time to fill out a bracket. I got some other stuff going on. But, yeah, I mean, it's amazing talent that these fellas have. But, yeah, I don't fill out a bracket. I don't get too much into that. You know, Jesus would give him a real smooth answer because he's like, I already know the answer. I already know who's going to win. But you're not about to use me. Mm-mm. Nope. But what do you think? I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is championlife 23 and again, the question is, would Jesus fill out a March Madness bracket for the NCAA tournament for men's basketball? What do you think? And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is Modern Day idols and this is a four-part series and the first part we're going to look at today is sports but before we do that i want to give a shout out to some people i want to give a shout out to ta that's my guy from college former pointer he is now the head football coach at lawrence university he's the first black head coach in wisconsin shout out to coach justin phillips i met him at the men of his word conference he coaches football at oshkosh west i want to give a shout out to josh linder Head coach at Kettle Moraine Lutheran just won an East Central Conference Championship. Yeah, let's go. 
Shout out to Coach Wigley. Coach is Nicolay. Nicolay Girls, one of the assistants there. Another shout out to Coach Morgan Woods at USM. And last but not least, Mark Kromenacher at Appleton East. He coaches football and track. And you're like, why do you give all these people a shout out? Because I'm just saying, coaches especially, you got to watch yourself. You got to guard your heart because we know how much time we spend in our sport. It can definitely become an idol. Now, I don't want people just to be lost and say, ah, this is a sports episode. I want you to think about this. I don't even know what we classify as a sports anymore. Like, is chess a sport? Is the spelling bee a sport? Would you consider playing pool a sport? I want you just to think of things that are like a hobby and can get you being competitive. So like cards, we can even classify that as a sport. Like if you saw me play cards, I, I talk a lot of stuff. Like I can get in some people's head like, whoa, take that. That's my book. Give it to me. Yeah, I talk a lot of stuff. Euchre, sheep's head, connect four, catchphrase. I don't care if it's charades. We counted all of those as sports today. And now what really got me thinking about this is it's March Madness. Like I could literally sit and watch games all day long. And I thought about this or looked at this episode because a lot of times we overlook sports or our competitive nature. And I was just thinking about like some days in church, I'm literally daydreaming or thinking about a drill where I'm like, man, what could get our players in the best position to to beat this team or to do this the way that we want it to be done? And I'm, I'm daydreaming in church and I'm supposed to be paying attention to the word. Or I just think about how much time I spend on Huddle. Huddle is a an app which allows and records your games and other teams' games, and you can watch it. And I'm like, dude, I'm spending six, seven, eight hours a week sometimes watching film. That's a little sickening, ain't it? And I know some of you are like, how in the world can you relate this to the Bible? And that's funny because I know a lot of people think like they didn't have sports in Jesus' time, but they obviously had to. And just doing some research, like looking at 2 Timothy 2, verse 5, it says, similarly, Anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Like it's obviously talking about an athlete and competing. So they had to have sports or Jeremiah 12 verse five. If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? Like that's that's crazy. But all right. Or first Corinthians nine verse 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in, such a, run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And it goes on. And it kind of talks about, you know, someone being a boxer later on in that verse. So on this episode of American Idol, we are going to see how sports today especially, especially is an idol. And I don't want you just to think about the football and the basketball, but I want you to think about the esports and the Connect Four and the other things that get your competitive juices flowing. But in order to understand why I say these type of things could be an idol, we have to first understand what is an idol in the first place. So like what what is an idol? When you look at the Bible, it talks about like Baal as an idol. And I read something that said Baal turned into Zeus, like with lightning bolts and all that type of thing. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it really doesn't matter because it's a false god. Or like a golden calf we hear of in the Bible. We hear of the false god, the idol called Dagon. And Dagon is like in the time of Samson. Remember, Samson was the super strong judge and he got forced to go into that temple and he ended up, you know, pushing the two pillars and making the whole temple come down. But Dagon is like a half man, half fish. It's supposed to be or something I read said it's the father of Baal. 
Now, an idol is pretty much something that you put over God. And I know I shared with you a few months ago that my word for the year is prioritize. Now, an idol is something that you prioritize over God. Like an idol dictates how you move, like how you live. And I had to break it down like that because I know a lot of you are thinking like, I'm not worshiping a golden calf or bowing down to some statue. But what we have to realize is an idol can be something that is good, but we make it the main thing, like the ultimate thing. Like we'll sacrifice our obedience to God for this thing or this philosophy or this idea, or in this case, this sport. And this is exactly how sports or whatever competitive hobby really sneaks in. It sneaks in because in and of itself is really not a bad thing and it's actually a good thing. But what happens is we give it too much weight or we give it too much importance in our lives. And we'll look at like how or why does it even take place? Like how is it even possible? How does our American culture allow this to become an idol? And the first point I want to cover today in this episode of American Idol, especially when looking at sports, is look at how much time and money we spend towards sports. We spend a lot of money in our culture towards sports. Like you look at the highest paid people in the world or in our American culture. A lot of them are athletes. We give our most valuable assets to sports. We give our our time. We give our money, we give our health, we put our bodies through amazing, crazy things in order to play a sport, in order to witness and watch a sport. Like in in Green Bay, people will go out to zero degree weather with it snowing to watch a football game. Yeah, think about that. Windshield below 10. We like, yeah, let's go. Just hook me up with a couple of beers and Aaron Rodgers throw a couple of touchdown passes and I'm there. And I know we use the word like love a lot, but when you think about what people are investing in sports, they actually do love it. First John 2 verse 15 tells us, I got this tatted on me too. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the father is not in them. Like You can't love both. You can't equally treat them both the same. Like You, you got to be cheating on one of them. And it's one thing to find joy in sports, because we should. It's one thing to find joy in competition. It's one thing to find joy in like these type of hobbies that, that get us being competitive. But it's another thing to try to find a savior in it. And the two greatest things, if not the two greatest in our life, that you don't even have to argue about are time and money. And these are two things that people want most in a lot of cases. But these are things that we give to sports and competition all the time, and we don't even realize or think about it. They just auctioned Tom Brady's, what they thought was his last touchdown pass, for $518,000. That's a lot of money. That's a half a mil. Drop like that. And he said, I'm back. He thought he was Michael Jordan coming back. Or just think about this. A ticket will cost a few hundred dollars. And this isn't even a playoff game. I just need to sit closer. Or in some arenas, this is just to get in the building. But let your pastor say 10%. You do the math and you was like, hold up, wait a minute. I'm not giving this man 10%, but we have no problem dropping that on a ticket to a sporting event or some type of competition. Or think about the price it is to play club sports or AAU. People invest a lot of money in this stuff to get uh, personal tennis lessons or personal golf, golf lessons. Like, it's a lot. It is a lot of moolah. 
But what I hear most people say is, you know, I'm making an investment in my child or I'm making an investment in myself. And what are we chasing a lot of times? A lot of times we want the lifestyle or the money of a famous athlete or people are like, I got to get a scholarship out of this. And I'm not saying just because you do this is automatically an idol. But what I do want to say is when you are spending those hours of training or those hours or thousands of dollars, you have to keep reminding yourself about glorifying God. You have to continue to think about God when you're doing this. Otherwise, you can get consumed by your ego or your pride or your investment in what you want to get out of it. And it just makes you selfish. It makes you look at that sport or hobby as an idol and you start to prioritize it over God and it dictates how you move. And I think the average person can realize this if it becomes an idol. Like if an athlete gets injured and they need to sit out a good amount of time or they have to retire or it gets taken away from them for whatever reason, it exposes if it's an idol or not. Because if you were to ask that person the question of what is the thing that you fear losing the most in life and you answered that sport or whatever allows you to be competitive, there's a good chance that what you fear losing the most is your idol, especially if you're putting it up against things like your spiritual well-being. Now, in this episode of American Idol, the second thing that I really think pushes and makes sports be an idol that we sometimes don't even realize is just the fact of how we're taught to admire athletes or people who are good at whatever competitive thing that we enjoy. Like we, people can have a shrine, a room full of posters and jerseys and know everything about this athlete and follow them on social media. And the devil will have you ready to fight if someone says, LeBron ain't better than Jordan. Like LeBron is not better than Jordan. What? Or the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, are the best team in the NFC North. <laughs> what? Be serious. We can know more major accomplishments about an athlete or a team than we do about God. Now think about this. Do you know someone or are you a person that if you saw a certain athlete out in public and got to talk to them, you would start crying? Boo-hoo-hoo-hoo crying. Would that be you or do you know someone like that? Do you know any women who would drop the draws if they saw a particular athlete? Do you know any grown men who would sit there and be starstruck and not able to say a word like, that's him. And another thing or aspect that we don't realize that we make these people idols is when we forget about our beliefs to please that, that person, that athlete. Or what's even crazier is when your beliefs are based on that person and they go against God's word. You wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know it then. Like you hold this person on such a high pedestal that it is worship. Like why do we do this? And sometimes we do this because the people that we admire are just so gifted and talented. And they can do some absolutely amazing things. And what happens is we can start to desire that fame and notoriety that they have and think it will bring us satisfaction that can only be given to us through God. What does God have to say about this, though? In Exodus 20, verse 5, he tells us, You should not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. So he makes it very clear, like, he's not with us 
taking that admiration into worship. And some of us definitely worship athletes at times. And this last point serves and pretty much sums everything up on why is sports so big in our culture and why does it become an idol? And for a lot of us, it's something that we have found our identity through. Like I know people that have switched churches, switched schools, moved entire families, planned their life around sports so that they can go to a certain high school or they can play on a certain club team. And when you move schools or you move communities or you change cities, a lot of times we, we justify it and say, well, they're going to have more opportunities or I'm going to have more opportunities. And this just doesn't make it an idol. But if it takes precedent or priority over your relationship with God, then it definitely does. Like how much time are you given to this sport compared to how much time are you giving to God? And not just like time or money, but how much energy and focus are you giving to this sport? compared to what you are giving God. Like I said, this can get overlooked because sports in and of itself is good. And I, it's good because like you think about it, it's one of the only things that can get like a Democrat and a Republican, people of different races, people of different beliefs, high-fiving and fellowshipping. The only thing that can really do that in our culture is sports. Sports is one of the few things that can actually do that. So most people say like it has to just be good. But the first thing that comes to mind where people get their identity so wrapped up in this is you look at someone's profile and they got, I'm a hooper, ball is life. Or I'm a diehard Bears fan. It's like the first thing you see on someone's social media profile a lot of times. I'm coach whatever. I'm the best soccer mom there is and check out all their statuses. But is this where you're getting your worth and identity from? If so, then that's an idol. You might say, that's just how I explain myself to people. Okay, I get it. But how angry or upset do you get when you lose or your team loses or your performance was horrible? This is that competitive thing, I know. And I, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be there at all because I would want my athletes to be like, dang, we just lost. But where does the line get drawn? Now, I had to create a rule for myself. And that rule is to celebrate the victories but not mourn the losses. Like when I come home, I can't be a lousy, low energy husband. I can't be a coach the next day still dwelling on the loss and low energy. Get over it. Can't can't do that when I'm teaching or doing my assistant principal stuff. And this is part of my thought process. The people that I come in contact with after a loss, they shouldn't know if I lost by the way that I'm acting. Because at the end of the day, I lost a game. I lost a game. I didn't lose my soul. And at the same time, if you are willing to win at any cost, that's a problem, too. And I'm not talking about, like, I dive on the floor to win. I'm talking about cheating, lying, manipulating. And if winning causes you to act a fool or become a complete jerk, that's a sign, too, because we almost start to get like a, a God complex. So winning could be a problem. Losing could be a problem. You just know if you are cussing people out, or making statuses about people or talk about fire this coach or you feel like your life is complete now that this team is won. That's a lot. Like it's okay to lose, it's okay to win. It's about having class and being humble with both. And I know some of you are like, it's easy to say, CO, you win. Man, I, I've won championships and I've been defeated. Defeated means I've had teams that lost every single game. That was only one team, but I remember it. 
I mean, I just took one on the chin the other day. And, and people are just losing their minds over competition, though. This could be second grade parents, high school parents, people talking about professional sports. They are just losing their mind over sports. Like their whole mood changes and it's not for the better. When they win, they respond like the Israelites with the golden calf and throw a party and get drunk and do all type of crazy stuff. When they lose, I think I told you this before, they might respond like some cheesehead fans. Because when the Packers lose, domestic abuse goes up in Packerland. Like that's, that's horrible. I just have to win. I just have to have a great performance. I just have to be noticed. That's cool, but that doesn't mean you get to act a fool or treat people like garbage. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 9 tells us, it says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, or anger resides in the lap of fools. Or how about Proverbs 14 verse 29, which says, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly, and that means they lack sense. So we've looked at three big ways we allow sports and competition of whatever to become an idol. And it comes from just how much time and money we invest in it, whether it's our culture or ourselves. The second point is it's easy to admire athletes who do amazing things or we wish we could be like. And the third point was we mistakenly try to find our identity through sports and wrap our identity in that. Sports and competition are the low-key idols the devil promotes in our culture to get us to act like anything but a child of God. And the devil, I mean, he's slick. He wants us to prioritize and try to find value in our performance or some athlete's performance or some team's performance and forget or downplay Christ's performance on this earth. And to wrap this up, sports and, and competition are one of the greatest gifts I appreciate personally and enjoy on this earth. I think a lot of people enjoy competing and enjoy a good game here or there. But we have to be careful, though. The, the Packers broke my heart and they lost again. And I'm not saying, you know, well, God must not be good. My sorrow and bitterness shouldn't affect my confidence in God and how I treat other human beings. When I'm spending so much time admiring someone or trying to win that I sacrifice my time and relationship with God, that's an idol. Like, that's the definition. When you stop worrying about Christ getting magnified and your only concern is you or your investment, then that's an idol. Our culture has made sports, athletes, and competition. They've made it so sacred that not only do we plan our lives around it, we dedicate our time, our money, and we try to have it fulfill us in a way that can only be fulfilled through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when you see someone posting something crazy and they're losing their stuff at the ball or ready to attack a coach or ref after the game, or they're making sacrifices for the competition that they wouldn't even make for God, Pray for them and make sure you're not aiding or embedding them to act like this. The reason why you love the sport or admire that athlete or enjoy competing, we need to check that constantly. Why? That should be rooted in a deeper desire for a holy delight. It shouldn't get you to act ugly or crazy. And trust me, there's a lot of us out here acting like this acting ugly and crazy. I might be talking to you because I've been seeing people acting a fool lately. Enjoyment shouldn't just come from winning or recognition or accolades. Enjoyment should come from setbacks and, and losses because losses can become lessons. And even bigger than that, just the relationships and bonds that you can form from that sport. 
learning how to sacrifice for the better of the team or learning how to sacrifice for God, especially when you question him. Sports and competition is about glorifying Christ and acting like him. When we won or when we lost, when we've been wronged or when things didn't go how we wanted them to. That's what it should be all about. The only win, the only victory that matters, that matters that much is Jesus' victory over Satan, sin and death. Him busting out that tune like, I'm back, is the only thing that matters. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Modern Day Idols. This is the first episode in our four-part series. Next week, we'll be looking at the idol of our loved ones. And don't forget, if you enjoyed this episode or got something out of it, please share it with a friend, hit the five-star, or even write a review. It's greatly appreciated. That would be love. But enough of that. It's time to go. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.